Why would I? I think nighttime. Oh, thank you very much for playing. Where's that hang up button? Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Well, hello everybody, welcome to another home edition of the RC Roundtable. And uh, today, we have Lee Ray. Good morning. We had to wake up or something? Yeah. <laughs> I, I forgot my coffee. I need to go back and get oh, it. That's that <laughs> I'll be back in a few minutes, guys. <laughs> Y'all just go with the show. And of course, Terry Dunn. Hello there. And we have two guests today. We have the Nice Godas, both Steve and his son Jack. Say hello. Say hello. We're doing good. Thanks you for joining us. Uh, we've uh, always glad to have some new guests on and uh we look forward to talking about some of your creations so before we get that to that uh what's the news for the week uh see what we had lee and i had a nice time out this past weekend social distancing social distancing by not social distancing (laughs) just fyi when when fitz was flying his kyosho i was like five pilot stations now <laughs> videotaping it <laughs> right, be near right. that guy <laughs> no virus shaming uh, so so uh our um uh our buddy thomas um and he runs what was called vq warbirds he's apparently had a name change recently we'll get into that in a second uh invited us to come up to bomber field to do some photography work for him to uh showcase his new sky raiders big ones they were what 80 90 inch or 86 inch yeah 80 86 they're big lugs and he had a nice uh, little mini squadron we had three of them two gas powered and one electric powered and we thought lee and i said okay it'd be nice it's just to be just a few of us up there we'll go and take some pictures take some video help the guy out and when we got there i swear that was just as many people as a normal fly-in or something <laughs> somebody let the, the barn door open <laughs> it was a it was a mini april warbird event yeah i i, I swear there's more people there at some uh, events that i've been to <laughs> it was I mean, it was nice to see all the great plane planes, but I was like, wait a minute, so much for social distancing. <laughs> I, I have to admit, though, I, it was awkward, but I was weaving myself around other pilots. It was like, okay, got to keep my distance, got to make sure I'm not being a, a, a stupid person. But you know, for any moment, I was waiting for the SWAT team to come down and <laughs> yeah. get us all. You well, can't have fun. Well, it's a good thing that the bomber field is way, way, way out in the sticks. So, I mean... It would take the, you could see the police coming a mile away, literally. <laughs> they did come. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's funny. I've been flying since all this too. And uh, there was, I met somebody out of the field and like, Hey, you got to see this part of the airplane. So I set the airplane down. I step back about 10 feet. They walk up to it and look at the thing. And then they step back and I go back and grab it. Yeah. Just, uh, very awkward how things are now. Now, now the good thing is I've seen several, uh, seemingly corroborated, uh, I can't speak, um, uh, statements or or from doctors and whatnot saying that catching Corona COVID uh, nineteen outside is is very very unlikely. Uh, so the good thing is it's it's highly once you're outside and distancing and out in the fresh air and UV and that kind of stuff it's really hard to pick it up. So 
Uh, I'm not terribly I just worried. told everybody I was out there getting my dose of vitamin D. Yeah. In fact, that's supposed to help you too. So, so vitamin D. You heard it here outside. from Dr. Fitz. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to the Dr. Fitz line. <laughs> so, um, Dr. Fitz is not a certified doctor. So we had a, <laughs> we had a, a good time out there. Uh, uh, I like Lee mentioned, uh, had, uh, I flew my zero out there. I don't know if I want to get into this now or should we wait to this later? Later. Later. Let's okay. dig into that later. Okay. So we'll get into later some of the stuff we did. Just so we did get out, f- flew for the first time in a long time, at least for me. I know Lee and Terry have been flying all the time, but I haven't. So, uh, and what else? Um, have you guys heard? Oshkosh was just canceled. Yeah, I saw that this morning. No, yeah. I did not see that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was canceled. Damn. Because uh, it happens with July, right? Usually, I thought it was August. I think late July, early August. Sometimes it bleeds over. Okay. But yeah, well, I would have thought they would stay open, but I guess they erred in the side of caution. Steve and Jack, have you been to Oshkosh before? Before. We have never yet. We have never been there, but I've been invited a couple times and just going to make it. Oh, yeah. You should go this year. It's going to be very, very uh, (laughs) easy to get a parking space. Yeah, I heard the ticket prices be real cheap. (laughs) Yeah. You can finally get a hotel room. Yeah, maybe you can get right on the flight line. Yeah. Yeah, well, last time I went, we literally had a hotel room was like an hour and a half drive away. uh, And you were happy to have it. And we're happy to have it, yes. Uh, so yeah, definitely go when you get a chance. You know, doesn't matter who you have to make a deal with to go. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It's an amazing thing to go to and uh, a lot to see. So hopefully next year. Oh man. Yeah. Checklist I want to do. That's for sure. Yeah. So no, yeah. They, they haven't canceled Neat. I saw there was some mention there. Just that's still going on. That's not until late September. Yeah. Excuse so. me. Yeah, September, isn't it? Yeah. September. It's def- definitely in September. I can't remember which so. part of the month, though. I think it's after Labor Day. So there's a fly-in this month here in Texas that hasn't been canceled. They just posted that they're still going on with it. The uh, High Wing at the Space City Club has a Cubs and Cousins type meet, and they're still going oh, on. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Now, the AMA has their National Fun Fly scheduled for sometime in late July, I believe. Mm. So hopefully that sticks around. We'll see. Uh, okay. Uh, we've got any other news? Anything uh, this week? Let, let, I want to meet Steve and Jack. You can meet Steve and Jack. Why? Why would you want to meet them? <laughs> You'll okay. find out. Okay. So as I mentioned, we are joined by uh, Mr. Steve Nisgoda and Jack Nisgoda, father-son team, father-son plane building team. And man, do they build some planes. Uh, Terry... Uh, gave us a little sneak preview of some of their designs and uh, for uh, the material. Big sneak preview. Big sneak preview. And I have to yeah. say, I was really impressed considering the design, even without considering that the materials are used out of, but even more so considering the materials they use uh, their planes to, to make their planes. Uh, just real quick, Steve, where uh, you guys, where are you located? We're located in Cleveland, Ohio, um, just on the west side of town. So, did you say Cleveland? I'm sorry. Yes, we're in Cleveland, Ohio, on the west side of town. So, so that's the place that rocks with all the chips with the crimson lips. <laughs> Every loves the rock, rock and roll in Cleveland. <laughs> well, that's also the Drew Carey show, right? Was based out of there. That was a great show. I loved it. Go ahead. Kind of going back in our news, I mean, 
I just this is the first I'd heard Oshkosh, you know, was was canceled. But you guys must have been upset when uh, Flight Fest was canceled because I bet you've been going to that. Absolutely, yeah, that's like the big thing. I've been planning since going to it since last year. So it's like <laughs> my son too. <laughs> my son's been pushing me. We're going to Flight Fest, Ohio, Dad. So he was he he was upset. Uh, we met Terry last year at Flight Fest, and then uh, he said you guys were going to come in this year, so it would have been nice to meet you guys this year, too, but uh, uh, we'll have to wait till next year. So, Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, there's always next year. Yeah, I'm think- <laughs> that seems to be the motto for this year. Yeah. Everything's been pushed to next year. Right. <laughs> 20, 2020 is going to be a wash. <laughs> Cleveland with sports is always next year. <laughs> <laughs> this is the year of the mulligan. Yeah. We, so, we're useless in Cleveland. So, we do this every year in sports. Don't worry. It's always next year. Well, I don't know. I'm from Buffalo. We could compare notes. <laughs> so speaking of flight fest, I alluded to this earlier. You guys specialize in making airplanes the flight test way out of foam board. And your designs are really impressive. Uh, but before we get to that, let's, let's get a little background on you guys. Uh, how long have you been flying and what got you into the hobby? Um, you well, want to start? I'm definitely more of a flyer. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I've kind of been flying since probably about what, like five years now, something like that. Probably about five years. But I probably, I started off like a mini park zone Mustang and I crashed that and destroyed it and everything. <laughs> a Mustang was your first model? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well it explains it. Yeah. Wow. And then, like, and then from there I guess I went to uh fly the Make Three on a four cell that could go ninety miles an hour and then I didn't even fly, I crashed it right by the highway. <laughs> you you have a hard start. You didn't. Just, what happened to the trainers? I, I basically didn't start on one. I don't know what I was thinking. But <laughs> kids these days. <laughs> that's that's funny. It's like it's like in little league. You just bypass little league, went right to the majors, and have to throw a hundred mile an hour, you know, curveballs at him. <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen. We made a, a maiden video of his uh, the Mig three from Nerd Nick's uh, Mig three. And it was it was unbelievable. The torque on it just started right away, and the plane just took off to the left right off and missed a, a baseball fence and flew up over that and turned it around real quick. And then you had to control it just to make it land, and it slowly smashed into the fence, and it still survived. But it was a, it was fun, and the, the look on his face was epic. It was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. You didn't get discouraged by that, then, yeah. right? You just kept just kept going. No, he's he's not discouraged whatsoever. I think after that, I want to get a mini Mustang off of flight test, which is a little just more calmer, but still fast, I guess. Wow. Now, I have to say, we're a little bit kindred spirit because that's kind of how I started. I taught myself to fly, and my first several planes didn't last very long, or they ended up being more glue than plane. <laughs> uh, but I kept at it, and eventually I learned to fly. I, I you know, blew through a few, built a glider, and that kind of taught me. Uh, how not to crash <laughs> so the diligence pays off uh how about you steve did do you, do you do you fly at all or i am not the flyer he tries to <laughs> i actually uh, to before but i mean i'll give you the background more like when i i actually kind of started when i was a kid my dad but my, my dad was a um engineer at nasa and he uh aeronautical engineer he used to send satellites up in space i mean he's seriously a uh, rocket scientist basically <laughs> But um, yeah, he used to take me to the flying field all the time, and uh, I used to watch him fly his airplanes, the old Cup Cadet, you know, and the Super Champ and all those kind of planes. I see him fly those, and 
I was always the one running through the cornfields trying to help him find it when he went. <laughs> you know, which also kind of discouraged me as a kid at flying because, you know, I see my dad put all this effort into building this balsa plane. And it was awesome, you know. I'm like, this is so cool. And then all of a sudden, bam, crashes. You're like, oh, after all that effort, it goes into the ground, you know. You're like, oh, my gosh. And so I kind of got more into, like, RC cars and stuff like that because I knew it could crash and you'd still be fine. You know, so that kind of discouraged. I still love planes. I still always love planes, but it's just um, putting that effort into it is kind of hard to keep doing. But uh, now that foam board planes are around, it's a little easier. You can just build them quick and crash. You don't have to worry about it. So, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm basically kind of like I, I just love aeronautics. I love airplanes. I don't care if it's your lead. You appreciate it because I love to take pictures of planes, and I love you know just the science behind the planes. I like the history behind planes. I like Anything that deals with it, I'm just kind of your basic airplane nut, you know. So it's it's kind of he's one of us. The sickness we have, it's uh, it's uh, an addiction. It's not nut, it's enthusiast. So, yes, I know, but it, it's awesome. It's a great addiction to have. <clears throat> so, so whose idea was it to get into RC models? Was it uh, you, Jack, or was it uh, your your dad? Um, I guess. Well, it was kind of a mix. Because, I mean, I guess our grandpa's, or my, my, his dad, my grandpa, like, I've always, like, I've been on a simulator at his house all the time, and, like, Easter, and I did uh, Christmas and all that stuff like that. Kind of just got started into that. That way I didn't have to crash and spend money and all that stuff. But, there, that's how I got all the mini Mustang, the guy in the flight test, all that stuff like that. But then, um, I remember we were out in the front yard, and I had one of those Nerf balls that I had the whistles on them. And I just threw it up, and it sounded like a Stuka dive bomber, sort of. It's like, and that guy was inspired to do like this design. So, and then I, and like, a poor man's Stuka with it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's just funny that he throws a Nerf ball, and yeah, it sounds like a Stuka dive bomber. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's an See, airplane. That's enthusiast. how you know. That's the first symptom. Yes, you've got the knack. Where do you get inspiration from? Yeah. You know? It's really. Uh, <laughs> I forget what model it was, but a few years ago, people were ripping apart those balls and taking the whistle out and putting them in the the ducts of some EDF. I forget what it was because it made it sound better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I want to ask about how you build the foam board stuff because lots of people make foam board airplanes, but you make nice foam board airplanes. They're... There's a trick to making a flat piece of foam into something with compound curves that doesn't look like it came out of a, a 1980s video game. And you figured that out. I have not. So how did you progress from, I assume you started with the flight test designs, those boxy things into the warbirds that you do now? Well, I guess uh, the MiG-3, which is the one I started off, it has the like a curved molded piece of foam on top, which is kind of like okay. the idea of stuff like that. And then we went to the Stuka. We used poster board for that one, but we used some molded parts. And that was kind of like a test of everything. And then uh, after that, I wanted to go to the C-47 and P-47 for next year. But it's like, it's really not that hard designing them. Because the thing is, I use Adobe Illustrator, which is a 2D system. So I can't like find the shapes in 3D and like just put it on flat paper. So what I'll do is I'll usually just take a 3D of the plane, obviously, and then cut into sections. And I kind of like where the most iconic curves are. I'll like put its mark in a way, and then I'll line it up dot 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 like checking the dots basically, and then like I can find the height and the um, length and width of those formers, put it on like a box bar that'll hold an engine mount and also connect to the wing, and then just kind of because the problem is 2D you can't find the thing, 
So you take a piece of paper and just wrap it around the formers, and that shows your molded piece cut out of foam board, glue it together, and you kind of have a plane. <laughs> I All I heard was magic, magic, magic. Because <laughs> I'm looking, at, were, your, I'm looking yeah. at the Black Widow right now, and I'm like, there is no way I can make my curves look as smooth and nice. Yeah, that Black Widow looks fantastic. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you need to start selling the tools you're rolling that thing with, because that's amazing. Yeah, can you yeah, give there us... Was some, there's a famous sculptor who was once asked how he created his stuff, and he's like, oh, I take a block of marble and I chip away what's not supposed to be there. That's what Jack <laughs> just said. Yes, that guy was pretty good. That's yeah. what intrigues me the most, is how you make those compound curves. Do you have to heat it or water or anything like that to do that kind of stuff? Nope. I mean, the foam board is just foam and paper, so all you do is just peel off one side of the paper, and it's it curves kind of just like metal and sheet metal and everything like that. Huh. For the P61, that was a little harder. I had to, like, you have to, like, usually hold it and then tape it together so it won't hold it, or it'll hold its shape, leave it overnight so it holds the shape even more. And then come back and roll it again, do the same thing, and then it'll like hold its shape a lot easier when it goes to molding it. Just oh, just to oh. back it up a little bit, guys. Um, the, the foam board, you got the two pieces of paper on it, which gives it the strength and rigidity of it. If you peel off the one side of the paper, that's going to be a loose side, which which creates a, a little bit of flimsiness. So yeah. you can curve it. You can now you can only curve it one way. You can't curve it the opposite way with the paper on it, or else you can get crinkles in that. So you always have to think of an outside curve that's going to be the paper on the outside. And then to curve that foam board, you can't just like curve it. You have to kind of roll the inside edge on a sharp corner and rub it on the edge there, and that will give it a curve. So that gives you the curves in the foam. So it's not as easy as just, you know, just um, you peel the paper off and boom, it's got a hole for you. So you do actually kind of have to smooth the, the styrofoam off on the other side and make it work that way. So it's a little bit of working and molding going on that you need to learn how to do. And, well, Flight Test has a lot of videos that you can watch, you know, that will show you kind of how to do that stuff and tips and tricks. So, but once you... But I can just imagine that you you start with a piece that you've got and then you work your way through it and then at the very end you, you crease it and you're like, ah! So you end up throwing a lot of parts away. There's a few cuss words every once in a while. <laughs> You know, that's all. Do you guys have any videos of you doing the actual process of folding? And you know, I mean, the the fits are just so pretty. I mean, we'll have photos on our website or our Facebook page of these, and I'm definitely going to do some close up of the uh, the widow. But I mean, it just looks like everything's fitting just perfectly. It kind of just takes a lot of like repetitive. I don't want to say repetitive actions, but like I'll make I'll, sometimes I'll cut like three pieces before I get it to the right spot and everything. Like for the booms of the P61, I had to make like six different pieces all together perfect and everything but i mean for like wolf and the hellcat it's like a little i don't say it's easier but like it's a little less of booms going into the wing also connecting to the rudder section so it's, it was a little easier on the fog wolf and all like that but it just depends on the model so and these are what 40 48 inch wingspan they're not huge airplanes so there's some cases i remember the c47 that i saw last year like the cowlings and the nose those are some really tight small curves that you're working with there and it looks really good so it's lee said magical i'm tend to agree with him those smooth lines you see that's hours of trying trial and error i mean there's right it, it looks great you're like oh wow that's neat and when you put it together after you have the pattern you're like wow it took it that long to do it but it but once it's done it's it's beautiful you know Right. right, and there's no spackle and filler. No. It's just, okay. Wow. Some people do that, though. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, there's no. no shame in that. No. I want to tie this back into Flight Fest, though. It's like you, I'm looking at these beautiful models and the paint schemes and some of the trim you've done. And, you know, you talk about going to Flight Fest with planes you don't really care for. I know you probably bring these planes, but boy, I would hate to be flying around you. <laughs> I would not want to bring one of these down. You got to kind of wait to the time where there's a little lull in the amount of people flying. And then you, right. then you fly. And then you kind of fly off to the side if you want. You don't really fly in the middle. You kind of well, fly off. Yeah. Well, this, you go well, right after combat. Well, these aircraft are worthy of their own demo time, personally. They are great. Thanks. Oh, yeah, they're definitely standouts on that flight line. Well, that ends up bringing something interesting, because the first flight I had at Flight Fest uh, last year was a P-47, which I don't really care too much if it gets crash or but it's like the first flight I hit a plane, and it was like, I don't say Scarman first at Flight Fest, but I was like, <laughs> it scared me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, first- well, it's intimidating to fly around that many people anyway. And plus, you have to have your head on a swivel to make sure somebody's not about to fly into you. But, yeah, I understand. Surprised, though. I mean, he, he took that thing up in the air, and he did a few laps. It was great. And all of a sudden, I don't know where this wing just flies up and, bam, smacks right into the fuselage. <laughs> uh, oh, jeez. Destroyed, destroyed the the wing, and Jack just had a little dent in his. I was like, holy crap, that, that really worked out pretty good. <laughs> he actually flew a few laps around and then landed it. And just like just like the real before seven. <laughs> hey, Jack, I have, I have a question on your Thunderbolt, uh, the photo. Uh, your fin looks like it's a, a single layer piece of cardboard or foam. Did you reinforce that with any carbon fiber in there, or is that just one piece sticking out? Because it looks... It's just one piece. Like, it's... Nope. Nothing. Mm-mm. No reinforcement. No, nothing down the middle of the foam to keep it from <laughs> going going 90 degrees the wrong direction? <laughs> there are ways you can do... You can do that with a reinforcement like that if you wanted to. But um, there are ways now. People have been showing online lately. But um, if you go with, like, a modeling iron like you use for Monaco, you know... If you go around the edges of foam board and you kind of heat those edges up, I mean, you can kind of give the edge of foam board a round look, and um, that mm. strengthens it up a little bit too. Mm. So it gives it a little bit more rigid, rigid uh, rigidness, you know. So it helps out with the strength if you're worried about that. So. I feel like I'm going to foam board class 101 here. All this stuff, <laughs> uh, stuff I had no this idea. This is graduate level. I'd love to help. <laughs> so I think you guys are a great team because. Jack, you like to design, build, and fly, and Steve, you're the artist and the, the team. So you do all the painting and the photography. Yeah, I mean, I'm basically I'm an artist. It's what my job is. You know, I'm an illustrator, but or a graphic design, graphic artist. But um, I like I love photography. I love illustration, and so I like to pay attention to detail almost to a curse. It's uh, <laughs> you know, I it's kind of helps out with Jack's design, and you know, I he. I, I, want, I used to do, the first plane we built, I did the design of it, and he did the building. And uh, and then he got, when he went to school, he got a computer, and the computer on it had Illustrator. And me being the artist, I taught him a few tricks here and there, and then then he just learned on his own while I was at work. And then next thing I know, he's designing his own planes, and he learned really quick. So I, I learned from watching uh, Nerd Nick and everything. He has this whole oh, yeah. uh, which uh, it helps a lot. Like I, I basically almost learned everything from that. So, wow. yeah, Nernick was a lot of help. He mm-hmm. he helped us out with the first design. He was one of the first guys to reach out to us, and he kind of, it was really nice to talk to him. He actually uh, wanted to help us uh, make not make our, our Stuka a kit, but like help the plans get out to the community and everything. But mm-hmm. so that was nice. Oh. But, but yeah, I mean, there's so much banter between Jack and I. It's like you know, I, it's part of me being the parent to let him go and do what he wants and. Sure, you guys know with your kids, you know, 
it's like it's you're just kind of like Jack. Why do you want to do that? It's gonna it's gonna fall apart in the air when you do that. And you know, like and the next thing you know, he throws up in the air and the thing flies perfect. So yeah, you know, right. it's like you're proud of him because he did something that you wouldn't think of doing, and then you kind of learn a little bit yourself as a parent. <clears throat> Excuse me, just to let it go and um, you know, kind of let the let the kid go and design his own before you know. It's kind of neat to see him develop like that. I guess you know. So. Yeah, that's cool. So, are you guys uh, warbird only? Or do you have other interests, flying wise? Um. Well, I, I want to do more stuff and everything. It's kind of just time. School is a big part right now, and it's weird because during this coronavirus time, it's like school's got like school just takes longer, so I can't do as much stuff as I normally have. But um, yeah, I do want to do some stuff like I don't know, like uh, RV six definitely and everything stuff okay. like that. But cool. I don't know if it, nice. and it or what's it. Is that scale that you're working at now kind of your sweet spot? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, like, CPAC side, there's, I'm sorry, I don't know the KV and all of that, but um, definitely, like, 48-inch wingspan that, like, to fit in our car. That's that's what I'm Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. But, yeah, I'm, I'm open to him building anything. Whether it flies, I don't care. You know, I, I just love creativity, and there's a happy warbird, warbird, but, you know, everybody loves warbirds. And, sure. You know, I, but there's so many other cool planes out there. I mean, it's just... Endless, you know, so. Well, my favorite yeah. one right now is the F-35, which I'm working on with a 70 millimeter in it. Right. That's a big model. Yeah, it's <laughs> taller than me. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I saw that, I was like, wow. But you sure 70 millimeter is going to be big enough for that? That's a pretty big model. It's on a 6L4000, so it's got some punch, I guess, but we'll have to see. Yeah, one way to find out. That's the fun of it. You build it, yeah. it doesn't work, yeah. you got to make, make corrections. I don't know if I so the F thirty five will be a hand launch, probably. Yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty light though, so it should have a bunch of power to weight ratio, so that. But no, just another thing. As a parent, you know, <laughs> he, he um, he's trying to build this F thirty five, and there's so many times I go, "Don't do that. Just make the plane." And he wants to add so many things to it, and it's but you know what? It's his plane, his design. He just wants to do so much stuff to it, and you just got to let the kids, kids go, but let his creativity go, and that's the fun little battles of a parent-son team, you know? <laughs> right, right. So. so so it'll actually have vertical takeoff then? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a challenge? Yeah. <clears throat> Did you just present it? Rato. Add some Rato to it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you're going to stick with a foam board, or are you going to transition into other types of materials? Probably foam board, but I mean, like, there are some wood parts and some of that in the F-35, I guess, but I'm going to try and stick with okay. foam board, just for the simplicity and repeatability, I guess, for that matter. I, I could see me going into balsa in the future, but, um, you know, I, I could just learn from my dad. My dad's always done balsa models his whole life. And, right. First thing you, you learn know. a lot. But yeah, I would need to learn how to fly first, too, but that's, uh, <laughs> you know... You know, that's the other thing, too, with your, watching your kids play, you know, do this whole hobby. It's like, he's kind of taught me that, you know, to don't don't be so scared of crashing, you know. It's it's just a plane, you know. And the nice thing yeah. about foam board, you can, I, I want to design some plane where I can remove the wing, I can remove the elevator and tail, and if it crashes, I can just replace it, and that way I can learn how to fly. I know there's planes out there, but you just, as a designer, you want to do your own. That's that's the curse of being a DIY guy. It's like, you're like, oh, I can do it, you know. Right. <laughs> So you don't want to wait for somebody else's design all the time. You just want to do it on your own. So, 
Do you think there's a point of diminishing returns for foam board? Like for me, I think it's great for what you're talking about, prototyping, coming up with your own designs, but then you almost have to paint it to make it weatherproof and not warp and humidity or whatever. So do you think there's some kind of limit to the things you want to do with the foam board where you have to say, eh, I think we need some other material at this point? Yes. Um, One of the big ones is on the F-35, I guess, the elevator. I'm making those huge, giant flying stabilizers in the back and everything. And there's such a counterbalance and such a thin little hinge point that it's like foam board would just rip off. But um, okay. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna use like a, not a balsa but like a wood, hobby uh, plywood hinge there and everything like that, just so it doesn't fly off in flight. So uh, cool. We'll talk more about plywood later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the overuse of yeah. Foam board, we try to do everything we possibly can with foam board to a limit, you know, and that's another mm-hmm. one of the arguments Jack and I write with another design we're going to make in the future. It's like, like I want to, I tell him, like, so don't make it out of foam board, make it out of this, you know, and if you, if you can just sand it. And he's like, well, it's not easy for the community to do that. I'm like, well, I think most of the community knows how to do this stuff. And if it's, if it's something that they can create with their hands, it's something they'll learn. And, it's, mm-hmm. it, and it would look really cool. So, and I think a lot of the stuff you can make out of like uh, that, that pink insulation or the green insulation, you know, for using you know for walls, and you can use that and you can carve that and mold that in ways you can never believe. So, and that would it's lightweight like foam. It is foam, and you can make it uh, look really nice. So that that is something you can use other than foam board, and it's uh, really cool, you know. Yeah. So. But yeah. So, are you sticking with hot glue, or have you changed your adhesive? Hot glue. But, I mean, definitely some parts where you need epoxy and everything like that. Just in case. Like, usually, I try to use on a spar here and there. Like, for yeah. that F-35, definitely epoxy all the way. And aluminum spar and wood spar. But mm-hmm. it's just like... there. There's a lot of people that we saw at the Flight Fest last year. Because I remember last year, Terry, but it was pretty hot. And right. Yeah, I remember. We had our planes up on a stand, and the sun was uh, just baking on it. And mm-hmm. sure enough, yeah. you know, we had some foam that was popping apart you know just because yep. uh, the heat was melting it and so you have to go back in there now there's some people out there that use i think they use gorilla glue on the foam you know yeah. if you got the time to sit there and wait if you it depends on what kind of glue glue seam you're going to do on the word and it's got time for it to sit there and wait sometimes you need to glue it and have it seal right away to make it work but um if you got a flat section and you want to use gorilla glue i think it it works great and it doesn't melt in that sun but I think I think flight test has got a glue of their own where now it's um, it can handle the heat a little bit better. Um, so that oh, a hot glue? Yeah, it's a hot glue, so it won't separate as much. But <laughs> a hot hot glue? <laughs> hot hot glue, yes. <laughs> but uh, I haven't tried it yet. I don't know how it works, but uh, I guess that's promising, you know. To, so. Now, are you guys using the waterproof stuff or the white stuff or both? Um. I used to do the brown foam or white or flight test water system, whatever it's called now. But I'm trying to kind of, kind of transitioning to the maker foam white and everything. It, it just cuts so smooth and is so easy to work with and everything. So, what is maker foam? Oh, that's the the whiter, whiter water assistant that flight test just came out with. And everything. Oh, okay. So it's not the stuff from Dollar Tree. No, no. The, okay. the Dollar Tree is um, it's nice. You want to we use that actually as a lot of our sample pieces. You know, if we want to make a shape or something, and you. We're never going to throw it out. <clears throat> Excuse me. We just um, we throw that piece out and we're done. Don't worry about it. But then we make the final one. We'll use the maker's foam and make that work that way because 
I mean, it's really not that much more expensive, but it's mm-hmm. it's uh, a much better foam and it's water resistant. The make the, the Dollar Tree foam is has no wax surface on it, and you know it gets any moisture on there, it wrinkles and that kind of stuff. But uh, the Maker's foam is really nice and just it seems to cut really smooth and it's a nice material to work with. What are you painting on that Maker foam? I mean, you can. You just use regular acrylic. Do you have to prep it? Uh, we have to prep it with. Uh, I guess it's my department. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we prep it with steel wool first, like a triple zero or quadruple zero uh, foam or um, steel wool. So you got to scrape it all down and sand it all down and get all the tight little crevices and that. And then because that's got to, you got to have the paint grip onto something or get rid of that waxy surface because otherwise the paint won't stick. You know. And if you're making, if you're painting the color, the plain one color, it doesn't matter. You can. Leave it. You don't even have to sand it. Just you know. But if you want to put the details in it the way I do, um, then you gotta you gotta scrape it down with some steel wool to give it a surface to stick onto. And, uh, and then the paint I usually use is just a rattle can paint, and um, it's mostly I've, I've been finding out Rust-Oleum works the best. Um, the Krylon I think has better colors, but um, it's a little runnier. It's a little slicker paint, so. It'll seep underneath the tape edges a little bit more, um, and definitely whenever you paint, make sure you paint lightly. Don't paint a heavy coat because um, you want obviously the paint, paint to be light. But uh, whenever I'm doing those decals and, uh, and making the stencils for the names and the insignias and that, if you paint it heavy, it really wants to bleed underneath the tape. You just you paint it on really light. You spray it down real quick with some air to make sure it dries up quick so it doesn't want to bleed. Then you paint another coat. Like do you know? I mean, just keep continuing with that pace, and then you peel it off, and it comes out really nice. And then every once in a while, you get paint that peels off, and you're not too happy about it. But <laughs> you know, it happens all the time. But then I've I've found out that you know I can just go in there with a paintbrush and spray the you know some excess paint on a piece of paper, and just go with a paintbrush and paint it on it. It seals it up fine, and it's no problem. But the first few planes I did that, I was not too happy. <laughs> but you know, trying to be really intricate with all the detail, and then it just goes crazy, and you're like, "Oh no!" Perfection. Yeah. But a lot of people too. They a lot of people use vinyl now too. They they put vinyl on there. But um, I noticed. I don't know if there's better vinyl out there now, but uh, I noticed that people who do use vinyl, it's great. But in those hot summer days in there, I've seen them where they the vinyl peels up and it kind of comes off of the off the planes, and it you know you fly and you see the letters sticking up in the air and stuff, you know. So just being a really, you know, the artistic artist I am, I did, that kind of irritates me. So, <laughs> so I have to go in there, and I just, I just really like the way it looks when it's painted on. It's just nice and solid and clean, and it's got a good look to it. So, well, didn't you do a chrome wrap on one of your models? Yeah, the main Mustang, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. So is that vinyl? That, that is. Well, I'm sorry. It's like a. Well, we don't know what it's called exactly. But it's, I think it's a vinyl used for, like, car details, stuff like that. Okay. But, um, yeah, it worked really well. I mean, what I did for that one is I peeled off the paper for the foam first before I put it on, mm. just to save weight and everything like that. Okay. But, yeah, it was beautiful, though. Right? And uh, that's, that material was a bunch of stuff we use at, in my office at work, and um, they throw out. after. There's so many feet that can't be used after the whole roll's been used. You, you, the machine doesn't hook onto it unless if there's, like, only four or five feet of it left. So I would grab that. I had the garbage cans full of it. I'm like, I'll take that. And yeah. So I, I'll run that to the dumpster. <laughs> wink. And my, my friends at work are like, what are you doing? I'm like, I go, I'm going to use this. You guys are throwing it out. So I took it and I showed it to them. They're like, oh my gosh, it's incredible. You know? So, right. so I'm like, if you guys want to throw it out, I'll take that anytime you want. But 
But that right. that material is actually very hard to work with. It's um, it's not it's not forgiving. You know, it's very stiff, and it really wants to go back to being straight. So it works on bigger curved areas. But if you got a tight curve, it really wants to pop back up, and it doesn't right. want to stay down. So some of the other vinyl you can find is easier to work with, but. Well, I remember when I saw your Mustang, it reminded me that when I was a kid, they used to have chrome monocote, and one of my uncles built a model, and he covered the entire thing in chrome monocote. It looked really good, but when he went to fly it, it just disappeared into the sky. Whatever it was around, it, it turned to that same color. So do you have that problem with your Mustang? A little bit. I try to fly a little closer than normal, but there were some... Okay. I think the biggest problem was I was flying like right at a sunset time. So it was really like the light was perfect for it, but like it was like I had to wear sunglasses. It was just so bright. Yeah. <laughs> the people around us were just like, "Man, that thing is shiny." <laughs> it was like it was just shooting sparks in the sky. Right. Mm-hmm. Are you having a tough time flying? How would you like to make it even tougher? Yeah. <laughs> we'll paint it white. <laughs> the one thing I was worried about, worried about with though, is um, signal uh, cutting out and everything. Because oh uh, right, like I didn't, even, I didn't, I had one with. Uh, uh, receiver with an antenna in it, so I was really like, it's not like one of the new spectrums, no no antennas, but like, I made sure it was coming out the bottom, like, underneath the hood, like not, I don't know what it's called, but like the under exhaust intake thing coming out the back there, okay. sort of stuff, but right. I didn't have any cutouts, so hopefully it still works. Okay, well that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so are you ready to share what's next on your, your build list? Or is that a secret? Well, we can't really tell people what we're doing next because whenever you tell somebody what's their next, somebody puts out there and puts it online. So we can't tell people ah, what we're doing next. Gotcha. <laughs> we gotcha. are doing something, but we just we're doing quite a few, but we just uh, can't tell people yet. <laughs> you guys have any requests? So from the time the little light bulb pops up over your head, you're like, hey, I think I want to build this until you have a model ready to fly. How long does that take? Depending on the model, probably about a month or something like that. Oh, okay. Just to get it perfect because I'll usually um, – Design it in about a week, build it in like a two weeks or something like that. Now the, the molding is a little uh, questionable. Like the P sixty one probably took me two months. It was just sort of all those complex door curves over. But um, so, did you inherit your dad's perfectionism? A little bit, yeah. It's a curse, man. It's it's, it's a good thing, but a bad thing too. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's he does a really good job with it. Mm-hmm. That's cool. All right, Fitz and Lee, more questions? Have you experimented with laser cutting? Sort of-ish, in a way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're actually, we're working on uh, trying to get uh, the C-47 as a kit for flight test, and um, Josh Pixar has had the privilege of us, or uh, giving us a laser cut kit and everything like that from it. So it it works really well. But, I mean, we just don't have the time for laser cutting, or, like, the money for laser cutting around our house to get one or anything like that. Then, um, yeah, it's a big investment in money and footprint in your house. Yes, it's a it's right. not cheap. That's why we use every everything we cut is hand cut. Anything you see us that's done has been all hand cut. <laughs> wow, my little fingers are our laser cutter. <laughs> <laughs> How about three D printing? Are there any items that you're making for your aircraft with a three D printer? Um, I would like to, but it's the same thing. I don't say like three D printers are a little more. Um, affordable to get I guess but it's like we just don't have one unfortunately but there are some things like that 35 3d printed cockpit and other stuff with it but it's like I do want to plan to do 3d stuff in the future with it but all, all that type of stuff is interesting and I'd love to it's just some of the technology we don't have yet so we kind of try to do everything 
that we can do at our house and out of simple projects, products, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, does a thought come in our mind? Absolutely. I mean, laser cutter would be awesome to have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, 3D printing is awesome. That's so much stuff you can do with that. That'd be fun. Just being a creative person myself, I just love it. I just don't know how to use it yet. That's it. The only well, I I'm just so used to cutting by hand. But the only time I was like really, really glad I had laser cutters when Andrew Lou, the Flexus intern from last year, everything. He uh, cut out an SBD Dauntless and all the die break holes. And I was, oh, wow. Oh, my gosh, this was like, it would just take so long. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I've got one more question for you. So what airplane did you design that was just a total flop and you gave up on? Yes, the Ray Flyer. Oh, yeah, the Ray Flyer. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's a pretty ambitious one for RC anyway. Well, I, I designed it like one, like not one on one scale, but like, Everything was all scale measurements, didn't have the elevator size increase, so it was just like the real thing, super unstable, but um, right. <laughs> it, it didn't fly. It was just... Yeah. I think it, it probably would have worked as a kite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. <laughs> but it didn't work when you... As soon as you put the motors on, the thrust of the engines kind of put the... No, you turn the nose down, and it just didn't want to go fly, but the thrust line was too high. Yeah, the thrust line is too yeah. high, I guess, so... But. You need a you need a vectored right flyer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got one of the old Great Plains right flyers, and there's a, a very visible uptick in the uh, thrust line. So uh, there's definitely some some tweaking that has to happen with all that. Mm-hmm. So I have another question. Have, have you guys considered, uh, or do you have a YouTube channel, or is there a place that people can? you know, see your work. I mean, I've, I see it on Facebook and I don't know if you have a presence there that you want to share that's public, but it seems to me that this, this would be a great opportunity to see you man, you know, manufacturing these aircraft, at least all the curves and stuff. I, I need that lesson. <laughs> I need to watch you do that. You know, you see more. <laughs> so, you know, is there something, is there a way or, or how are you telling people to uh, follow you guys? Um, we don't have a YouTube channel at the moment. I mean, it'd be a good idea. I don't have the time to do it. I mean, I do have the time, but it's just kind of like I have to do it. I don't know how to describe it. But, um, Get her done. <laughs> I got I to be honest with you. We've never really thought of like being a high manufacturer of this stuff, but it's like it's it's just humbling to see people like so interested in our stuff. But I've never really thought of like, wow, this could be a business. You know, it's um, it, people love our stuff. It's just nice. To, I mean, we don't we don't go out there for likes and, you know, we just do it because we're two kid, you know, my father and son who just love the hobby you know yeah i'm a kid at heart i guess but <laughs> but uh, my body tells me not but you know <laughs> but um well i think you should i just want my, my son is into rc too he's not here he's he's doing schoolwork so i don't know why you're not uh, doing schoolwork jack <laughs> but i'm just kidding <laughs> he posted a, a video of the flight test edge 540 and uh it turned out really well but it was amazing how many people chimed in on that video I mean, it was my channel, but people were asking him lots of questions about the build, CG and stuff, and what he used because they were trying to build it. They wanted more information. I have a, I have a strong feeling that if you started a YouTube channel, if it was just basically you flying one of your aircraft or just showing a, a close-up, you know, shot of the some of the curves. I mean, even that Texan looks beautiful. I mean, I'm, I was looking at that. I think you'd get a lot of people interested to to respond to you, and I think it uh, you could build it. I mean, look at Overstreet. Wow. I mean, you guys are right there. Tons of followers, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's that guy's a machine. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, it's something we could probably look forward to in the future to doing. It just at the moment, we're just we've just enjoyed the hobby, you know, and 
if people are interested, maybe we should think about it. <laughs> you know, I I would love to do it just to get some recognition for all this time and effort we're putting into it. You know, but uh, I know a guy. Yeah, <laughs> we might have to talk after. <laughs> so one thing too is uh, school is a big part too, just because it takes a lot of time for right. release. But I yeah. that's that's definitely one of the biggest factors in it. But. As, as fun as this hobby is, I get, got to keep reminding Jack that school's the more important thing to do right now. So, but uh. well, this is to you, Jack, because uh, you you remind me of my son, and he's very passionate about aviation. And uh, I don't. We could extend this uh, conversation to another episode, but you know, this is my workshop, uh, and I gave my son some space, which is starting to grow like the virus, and it is starting <laughs> to encroach upon my area. So it's like this is my hobby, but it's like he's starting to take over my hobby. But I see my child. Uh, I'm I'm happy because you know this is my love, but I see my kid doing something that he's really passionate about, and it it's not a struggle. It's just he loves doing it, and so. He came up to me the other day going, Dad, I am so burnt out with this new schoolwork because this online stuff is just really pushing me because I need to go fly. And it was like, oh, <laughs> you know, it's like that was his breathing time. You know, it's like, I don't need more oxygen. I don't need a drink. It's like, I need to go fly. So, you know, we set up time to go fly. And I think that's, uh, you know, it's important for all these kids who are at home and having to do all this stuff that they find that little out. And, you know, right now, because of our podcast, I'm hoping some adults or kids are listening. You know, if you if you need that break, this is the time to go out and do it. You know, find your time, find your place. Uh, although they're you know doing this stay home thing, you could do it in your backyard. You can do something small. We've got a couple of UMX planes, but it's just a joy to see you two guys. You know, with your planes and, and they're gorgeous. And I'm afraid if my son gets hold of some of your pictures, he's going to say, "Hey, Dad, I need a I need your workbench to build that, <laughs> and I need you to paint it this nicely." <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> Well, I, I, I appreciate that, Lee. It's it's nice to hear all the parents appreciate that with their kids. You know, it's it's a great time to spend with your own kid to do that. And, you know, seeing it's aviation's always been a part of my life, you know, and it's I've always loved it. And to have my own kid, and I've got another kid too, by the way. <laughs> he just he's just not as interested in it as as Jack is. But uh, but uh, to see see your kid like love the thing you do, it's it's really nice, you know, blessing to have. But um, yeah, it's a good time. And, Believe me, he, I don't have to push him to like aviation at all. He, he's we have to stop him sometimes from, <laughs> you know. It's it, he, he's got aviation as mine at all times. So, and as far as our house and a little spot in the shop, I mean, I've got a shop in my basement. Jack's room is just covered in foam board and airplane stuff everywhere. And for so long, our dining room table had airplane stuff all over the place and my wife's like could you guys just clean it up and like i go do you want memories or do you want to have a clean table you know so <laughs> memories of a clean table <laughs> <laughs> but um so we did clean the table up eventually for when people come over but other than that sometimes the dining room table gets filled up again with airplanes but uh yeah it's like the typewriter it fills up and then you <laughs> <laughs> exactly but yeah there's airplanes so all over the house so so Jack, um, I, I presume you're a high schooler. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so do you have any uh, plans of pursuing a career in the aerospace industry of some sort? That, that's the goal. Yeah. I mean, my ultimate goal is to become an aerospace engineer at Lockheed Martin to design military aircraft. So oh, wow, that'd, wow. that'd be like my ultimate, like dream job in a way. But huh? Uh. Fits. 
<laughs> Fitch used to work for Lockheed Martin. Yes, I worked for Lockheed Martin. In fact, I saw parts of the F-35 being built before I left. And I saw the prototype fly if, along with the Boeing one. So, yeah, I'm an old uh, former Lockheed employee, Lockheed Toad, as we used to call ourselves. <laughs> so I know Lockheed's in different places around the, around the country, but uh, I, I, had, I had very fond memories. I, got, I worked there right out of college, and I got to see and do some pretty cool stuff out there. So it's a very uh, uh, good thing if you want to be an aerospace engineer. There's a, there's a, lot, there's a lot of parts, things you can do. And uh, uh, if, you, if that's what you like, go for it. And if you're looking for a college experience, well, you will be immersed in all things aviation from day one. Fitz and I can talk to you about that, too. Yeah, we can have a discussion on that. I tell you, that the aviation community in general, is just, it's very, they're very giving. You know, no matter where you go, whether the person likes photography or flying or building planes, everybody is always wants to get information. It's a very nice community, no matter what perspective you look at. It's, it's very nice, you know. Everybody, from everywhere you go, everybody's always giving you information. There's not, there's nobody ever saying, I don't want to help you. You know, it's always nice to hear everybody's like, we'll help you here. We'll get you, connect you with this person. Do that. You know, it's, it's a very nice community to be in, you know. You know. Right. Yeah, I've heard it called the, the, the brotherhood of modelers. Once you're in that, it's really a really open community. And of course, brother meaning non-gender specific, you know, it's lots of, you know, Girls can can be part of the brotherhood as well, and there are some. Uh, but it's it's always as I found that same thing. It's very welcoming, very open, very helpful. Uh, it's it's what really makes this one of the greatest hobbies in the world. Yeah, and I I have a strong feeling that if we had made Flight Fest Ohio and my son met Jack, I'd have another person on his uh, phone list and constant emailing and like get off the phone with jack <laughs> it's bedtime it's midnight <laughs> we could connect them up if they want you know that's no problem well, well my son met a gentleman named max at flight test texas or excuse me flight fest texas uh two years ago and fitz was there and i i never saw my son uh the only time he came back to the trailer was when we had to go to bed but they were in that build tent for food having- and money <laughs> that was it. it was a, it it was great and i don't know if you just let jack run off and you go do your own thing but i mean i had complete confidence and trust in my son and he came back with the biggest smile he came back with two planes and you know got to meet josh and it was great we had a wonderful time and he was so upset when flight fest texas didn't come back and when he knew he couldn't go to flight fest ohio i mean he was really troubled by that but going back to his friendship he and max still talk you know, and they're looking forward to, to hopefully seeing each other again real soon. That's that's the great thing about like, Flight Fest is like I don't Jack can go do his own thing. We kind of hang out because we kind of know each other, kind of talk to the same people. But I Jack can go talk to whoever he wants. You know, I'm like sometimes I'm like get away from me, go. You know, but, <laughs> but I mean, there's so many people there to meet, and it's kind of neat because like like I said, we never really did this to be famous or anything, but we just did this because we like the hobby. But I mean, we're meeting people there like. First we met, you know, Josh Bix, and we're like, oh, my gosh, it's Josh Bix. And now we're like, yeah, he's just a regular guy just like us. He just likes to have you know. But um, then we met, like, Joshua, Joshua Orchard, and he was, he was awesome. He, you know, oh, yeah, we know him. We were next to him the whole time at Flight Fest last year, and we just talked, and he really loved our stuff. And it was nice to be inspired by his thoughts and what he was thinking, you know. And like Carl Lydic, you know, he was there. He was a really great guy. He's building that awesome um, B-17 now. I don't know if you've seen that, but. That's incredible. Um, but, I mean, it's just nice to meet people. Like, you know, like whenever we started getting on Instagram, I, you just you meet people that you never would have thought. I, I had some guy, I, I've been following him for a while on Instagram, 
and I never thought I'd even talk to the guy ever, but he's um, Bradley Wenzel. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but he's a photographer for Lewis Air Legends, and uh, he just, he just, that's down there in Texas for you guys, you might know about Lewis Air Legends, but but he's uh, one of the head photographers for that, and I love his work, and uh, out of nowhere, he just DMs me, he's like, I love what you guys are doing, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, those are inspiring things to happen. But yeah, he was like, he gave me, he, he loved like the mosquito we did. And um, he's like, he's like, hey, you know, I happen to have the paint, the paint uh, scheme for the, 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 um, the mosquito that flew here just recently. Do you want me to send it to you? I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. I go, I go, that was the same way I was going to paint our mosquito. So he sent me the plans and that's probably going to be my, one of my next paint jobs that I do. So we, since we have a mosquito already, we're just going to paint it up. So. And uh, make it look nice. So it's just a beautiful looking plane, you know. And just to have this guy talk to you out of the blue, like I never thought I'd talk to this guy ever. And just out of Instagram, you're like, hey, that guy called me up out of nowhere. I mean, that's pretty darn cool, <laughs> you know. Right. But um, it's just neat the whole community, how everybody interacts and talks with people. So, but I agree. All right, I think the last question, and I'm really surprised Lee didn't ask this yet, but uh, <laughs> Nikon or Canon? Nikon. Sorry, Lee. <laughs> and, and I'm glad I didn't ask that question. <laughs> you wanted to. <laughs> you have a friend now. You have a friend now, Terry. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing, though. Last year at Flight Fest, I remember you guys after your, you had one of your podcasts, like, Terry, where are the pictures? How come there's no pictures from Flight Fest? <laughs> you guys were like, hey, Terry, what happened to Flight Fest? You're like, uh, there's no pictures. I don't have any. And I'm like, oh, I could have given you, I could have sent you guys a whole bunch of pictures, but. You know, <laughs> and I think I ended up sharing your album, uh, a link to it. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you had some really great stuff. Thanks, man. No, I, I love the photography. Nikon or Canon, they're both great cameras. But uh, I just have a, my brother-in-law had a Nikon and I really liked the way it worked. And, you know, it worked out good for me because at work, I work in a department where we do a lot of photography as well. And um, a lot of my friends there all use Nikons. So... <sighs> It, it just worked out great for me because we can interchange lenses and all that kind of stuff. And another friend of mine there, we, we <laughs> sorry, we, <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, we all, my one friend, luckily I got, I got transferred to another division at work where I would do more photography and stuff. And um, one of my friends down there that I knew him before, but I didn't know him that well, but he's an airplane nut just like me. And we both just talk airplanes all the time. So whenever it's kind of a slow time at work and, he told me all the different shows to go to, and there's a show up, you know, Thunder Over Michigan. He introduced me to that one, and that's a great show to go to, and that's all World War II planes, and, which unfortunately that's canceled this year too. So, but um, but yeah, I mean, he 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 talks to me about the cameras and what's things to use and how to use the camera that well because I'm not really deep into it, but I just enjoy it. So but, yeah, that's where I am. I don't know what I'm doing. I just every now and then I get lucky and take a decent shot. Mm-hmm. Lee's pretty good at it. I take a few pictures for a Canon guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I thought when I sent the pictures to Terry, I was like, "Oh, I, Lee might like these. These are a little more professional looking. I think he'd probably appreciate that." But <laughs> my God, I can tell. <laughs> it's just with a Nikon camera. It's okay. No, I, I am totally, totally kid with you, Steve. I, I have full respect for photographers, the eye, the ability, the joy, the passion. Uh, it, it's kind of like PC versus Mac. I mean, they're each has their own, uh, you know, benefits and, and peculiarities. I think what's always interesting, I don't know if you knew this, have you held an, a Canon before? 
Steve, or at least recently within the past 10 years? Why would I? I think nighttime. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, well, thank you very much for playing. Where's that hang up button? Can we just disconnect them right now? That's, a, that's enough of them. <laughs> no, I don't know if you ever knew this, but uh, the, the zoom uh, on a Nikon and a Canon is reversed. Yep. So whenever Terry would hand me his camera, I was like, what the heck? <laughs> the rotations are opposite of the cameras. I think they did that on purpose just to spite each other. That would mess me up. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Fitz, take us to our next topic, whatever that might be. Uh, Well, I guess uh, workbench stuff. Normally we like to talk about things going off on our workbench, especially around the building season. And so I think we've all had some, some stuff that we've been uh, indulging ourselves in, in our workshop uh, I mentioned earlier that I finally flew the Kyosho Zero that I picked up at the swap meet, thanks to uh, Lee's mediation. Uh, so uh, that's the... You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Because <laughs> while we, were, we went up to, I mentioned before, we went up to Bomber Field to do some photograph, but I figured it was a nice day and the Zero was ready, mostly. So I brought it up to give it a maiden test flight it had never flown before and I, I actually found out that the engine apparently hadn't been run or had been very run very little uh so uh with lee's uh, help in, on the video camera we decided to film it and it was a good flight it flew really well uh just a few clicks of down trim had plenty of power that little enya 50 four stroke ticked along quite well until it ran out of gas uh and i was really happy with it uh we had a little bit of a drama when i it was coming for a dead stick landing. <laughs> a little drama. A little drama. <laughs> you mean you mean the question of who has more insurance? <laughs> who has more to lose? <laughs> oh man. So there was a, It's always the little ones that do all the damage, right? Yeah. I've seen an 049 plane take out like a 40 size plane once. Oh sure. They barely touched each other and it, the 40 size plane was just destroyed. It was unbelievable. But anyway, this was basically that. David and Goliath. The guy had a the big Corsair. It was uh, who makes that thing with the folding wings? Is that uh, Comparf? Yeah, Comparf, that's it. The Comparf but, yeah. with a Moki engine in it, radial engine. I think it sounds yeah. fantastic. Uh but that's, it's huge. I, I gotta tell you, my house. When you listen to that plane, you question yourself, which do you like more, the sound of the Moki or the look of the Corsair? Yeah, really. <laughs> So if I had hit him, he would have just chewed me to, to shreds. He would have it. But anyways, I was... I don't know. Well, anyways, so I'm flying around. I heard the engine burble. I was like, oh, I think I'm running out of gas. I need to land. But he had just landed, and he was back taxiing on the runway at a really... Showing off his wings. Slow... I could hear it. It was like... It was like idling taxi. Barely moving. I was like, I need to land. And I still hear him. Was that... Oh. No, I could hear you yelling because you got this on video. I, yeah. I heard you yell dead stick a couple times and people responded to you. So people heard you, but not that guy. No, he didn't. At that point, I'm like, well, I can hear he's off to the right. I'm just going to land to the left and veer off quickly. So, because I'm dead stick, right? I have no choice. So I'm coming in just as I'm about to touch down. Somebody finally yells at the guy, hey, this guy's dead stick. Get off the runway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I did a, a really nice desic landing and hit a full right rudder and got it into the grass so I wouldn't hit the guy. And then, you know, a couple seconds later, the guy goes taxiing past. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I think what you forgot to mention, though, was that the pilot of that plane was super cool. He was, yeah. super nice. 
I but, mean, he wasn't worried about you at all. I think he was just waiting to see his prop take you out. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I wonder if I could, you know, really get a Kyosho uh, zero kill today. Yeah, zero, <laughs> of course, there was a zero, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, he was very nice. You guys have to watch the video. I'm not sure if we had posted it. Did we post it on our... Uh, no, it's on, on Fitz's channel. Oh, damn, Fitz, trying to get all that monetization. We'll post the video on uh, RC Roundtable's Facebook page. But, uh, no, it was a great flight. A uh, little pitchy. That was the only comment I was going to add to your your video because that was always fooling me trying to follow you. It would just pitch up a little bit, and I'd start going up, and then you go right back down. What's a zero? Get used to it. <laughs> but, no, the, the landing was great. The guys were awesome. It was like, oh, yeah, you did great. I wasn't worried or something like that. It was very, yeah, yeah. very relaxed. We were way more nervous than he was. Yeah, yeah, he was. I talked to him afterward. He was, he was, he was a really cool guy. Um, uh, so I don't think he fun. realized what situation he was in. He seemed oblivious to the whole thing. So. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe if he uh, watches the video, he'd be like, "Oh, oops." So it's uh, back. We had one more flight with it, and I got to kind of zoom around. Even though it felt a little, the, the CG is probably as far back as you'd want to push it, but that was without the cowl. So uh, it's on the workbench now. I've actually painted the. What did I paint? Uh, I painted the cockpit because the cockpit wasn't painted or the, or the canopy. So the canopy has now been painted. I masked it off, all those 800 windows in the canopy. And uh, painted the cockpit <laughs> a little bit. And I'm going to put the cowl on, make sure I can get to the needle valve and refuel. And so it'll be all good. I look forward to flying it again. I may fly it this weekend. You're going to lean that thing out a little bit? What's that? You're going to lean that thing out a little bit? Aim lean it out. Lean. Oh, lean it out. It was oh, running yeah, really yeah. rich. Yeah, it didn't run really well. You were leaving a nice smoke trail. It left a nice smoke trail, but I think it was running on a rich side because it ran for like five minutes. It was out of fuel. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's not good. Uh, Wait, think about this. Five minutes on a four cycle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so what vintage is that kit? Oh, uh, early 2000s at least. Oh, okay. So it's 20 years old. Yeah, not, years not ancient. Old. Not ancient, but it's a nice kit. Right. Fiberglass fuselage. Uh, so I had right. a real good time with it i was real happy to, to finally get another zero and that's a nice little four stroke sounds sounds good flies good that's all i can ask for all right all right cool i glad I, that worked out too bad it's not electric but like when we do the warbird event hopefully when we get to redo the warbird event for jsc mm. your theme should just be zeros <laughs> i'm sure you've got four or five right I all zeros all the time have three zeros in flyable condition a fourth zero uh, that needs, that's just a, a, a frame, uh, what do you call it, just a bones in, in these, that I picked up. And I have a, a Tony, a Japanese army plane that's in flyable condition. Uh, and uh, a couple other Japanese planes that are not, they're in boxes. So yeah, I could, I could right now I'll walk out the door with three zeros in flyable condition. Jack, have you built a zero? Not yet. You should. <laughs> Your Hellcat needs an opponent. Yeah. Well, we actually flew with uh, John Overstreet's Zero at Flight Fest with Jesse Overstreet. Oh, right. And we got cool okay. formation photos of him. So. Yeah. Who won? I don't know. Nobody really won. You got to tie some streamers and have at it. Right. Mm-hmm. No, that's not how Flight Fest works. There's no streamers. <laughs> you just hit the plane. <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't Actually, last... I'm going to back up. I'm going to back up to that. At Flight Fest Texas, we did do streamers because one of my little complaints was, I don't want to say it was a complaint. It was just a an intriguing little money-making scheme by <laughs> Flight oh, Fest. But they had a whole bin of streamers. They were a dollar a piece, you know. But right. we had like, I don't know, 20 planes out in that 20-mile-an-hour wind. 
basically just hovering <laughs> over the <laughs> runway because of all that drag. Oh, yeah, but yeah. it was really cool. And I never saw photos or video because I was flying. And I would have loved to have seen that because that was really cool. Yeah, they, they do streamers at Flight Fest. They do it mostly during the combat time. All the streamers fly around. And every once in a while you have somebody throw like a huge streamer on. You know, just go as far as they can make the streamer. But it's, they do them. It's just not as much as you say there. I might have some video, actually, Lee. to go look. I think I took some. Hmm. Oh, please do. I, I was having fun. I put uh, easy. I put one roll on each wing of my Easy Star. And this is the four cell version, and it was great though because I was I was doing some pretty cool aerobatics and like getting really close to the ground and just again having it so windy that day, all of all of us were just hovering like kites, and that's exactly what it looked like—a string of kites flying in the wind. Yeah, huh. a kite festival. So, Lee, I think you had something you wanted to talk about. Oh, I have got so much stuff I've got to do, but I I've been doing household stuff. I. Mentioned to you guys this morning, my refrigerator went dead, so I was working on that. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, it died. I thought you said it froze over. It froze up. I mean, died being it was getting really warm in there because all the fans stopped working. So, oh, but that's another story. So I, I've been doing a lot of home projects. I've, I've noticed um, with this COVID quarantine, stupid thing. Stupid quarantine. <laughs> you get back to my normal life, but uh, my Timber X had a weird servo glitch, uh, and I was with Fitz, right? Where Fitz, you were there with yeah, me, right? Yeah, yeah, Scobie. Uh, uh, was it Scobie or was it uh, Northwest RC? No, Scobie. I specifically remember you showing okay. it to me. Okay. So I was getting this weird flutter out of one of my ailerons, and we kind of thought it may have been AS3X because the other side would start doing it. But what it turned out to be was that with the airplane on and the one started freaking out, AS3X would respond to the other aileron to, to, to respond with twitching. So uh, it turned out it was a bad servo, and I wasn't sure what replacement to get because three uh, of, the ser- of the four servos in the wing, only one was a Spectrum brand. The other three were a K-Power M0090, like something I have heard of. Uh, knockoff, I guess. And But it's what came in the model. It came in the model, right. So only yeah. one was labeled Spectrum. The other three were these blue K-Power servos. And on Horizon's website, they're all out of stock. So I went to RC groups, but uh, the reason I'm mentioning is that because I found a lot of other people having the same problem with the servos failing. So FYI, if you have a Timber X and you start to see that jittering, it may be time for you to replace it. Uh, the good news is I did make a post on RC groups and asked, you know, flat out, you know, what is the best server that's a drop-in replacement? It turns out it's the uh, Tower Pro uh, is it NGO9. Gosh darn it. I don't have the other one here. I apologize. So anyway, it's a Tower Pro servo. I can mention it if anybody's interested. Ask me a question. And it was a, a drop-in. It was a little taller than the other one, but they seem to have enough space in the wing for to fit it because it does have a, a mounting bracket for it. Uh, but I got it in. It used the original arm, too, which was great because uh, that arm is a unique, <laughs> I mean, high-torque arm for sure. You definitely want a metal gear with that size arm. And uh, everything seems to be back in working condition. So I might be trying to find some more of those Tower Pros just in case those other ones go out. And I'm ready to go fly that sucker because I love that that Timber X. That is a really fun plane to fly. Hmm. So it's all better now. It's all better now. And I still need to... Uh, I'll just mention this. I'm trying to fix the EDF fan unit for my Kyosho T33. 
and it's too small or, or they cut up the inside anyway i'm just i'm going to do it right and terry had recommended some foam pieces to get at hobby lobby which has been closed but texas is on a free texas uh <laughs> spirit i don't know what they're going to call it but our our uh, governor has released texas and decided to open up some necessary businesses Hobby Lobby may open up simply because the material they use to make masks and stuff. So I'm going to check to see if they're open and get this foam that Terry's recommending. I wrap the uh, fan unit. Unless you want to tack onto that, Terry, because I'm just winging it. Oh, it was just a guess for me. You were asking about flexible foam, and I've got some of that uh, EVA foam that I use from time to time. So I use it kind of as a gasket for when I mount cameras to airplanes, and it absorbs some of the vibration. So maybe it'll work for your job there. Well, I, that's why I've been holding off and waiting to get that stuff from Hobby Lobby. Give it a try. And uh, worst case, I'll use my 3D printer. There you go. Some new, make some new rings. So <sighs> that's my other workbench. But I, I cannot talk about 3D printing right now. It'll be way too long a story. We'll have to follow up uh, <laughs> next week live on our – hopefully we do a live show next week. We'll do uh, – I'll, I'll have my Ender 3 behind me, and I can berate it you know, left and right. <laughs> uh, well, at least you have yours. Mine hasn't even shipped yet. Ah, oh, man. Yeah, that's the, yeah. We should follow up on the 3D printing stuff saga. So, uh, in these goatas, y'all can follow up on that too, and hear our pros and cons of the the printers we have. No, don't. I don't want you guys to get distracted. Keep making pretty warbirds. Don't <laughs> don't dabble in anything else. Yeah, <laughs> been battled about it for a while now. So, oh. all right. Yeah. So, uh, was that it, Lee? I'm done. All right. Somebody asked me about my airplane. Hey, Terry. I heard you have an airplane. I do. Little foamy, right? <laughs> so if you caught the last live stream, you heard me and saw me talk about that airplane that I got in a trade, the huge overweight monstrosity. The let's and let. What? You. He has a better name for it. Yeah. My name for it now is Plywood Overcast. <laughs> <laughs> but it, uh, for those of you listening, he had, he did post a photo of it. Several it's photos, great. Right? Yeah, several photos, but I loved your photo. Like you're doing a, an obnoxious <laughs> Vanna White, <laughs> a drunk Vanna White. <laughs> so at the end of that uh, live show, I was convinced that this thing was not worth any time or effort. Just uh, I was going to let it go, send it to a museum, whatever, anybody that would take it. And then Lee just kept whispering in my ear, you got to make it fly. You got to make it I, fly. I don't whisper. <laughs> I, was, I was pretty loud and boisterous the whole time. Yeah, relatively speaking. <laughs> and uh, so I don't know what it was, but at some point my head started turning about what I could do to make it fly. And then once it became a challenge to me, it was all over. So long story short, I did put some gear in it. I did get it going. And I was, I told you before, it was a 15 pound airframe. It needed four pounds just to balance. I ended up making it a 20 pound ready to fly airplane. I mean, the fact that you didn't use the engine mount behind the wing and you cut a notch in the fuselage to mount two motors was awesome. Well, <laughs> that was the key. Cause had I put any power source in the original place behind the wing, it would have just taken more, more lead in the front. And I was limited by a 15 inch prop in the back. And so I didn't really have any motors that were going to spin that with any sort of power. So anyway, it's hard to explain, but if uh, you're familiar with the Cree Cree little tiny plane, it's got the two motors on pods in front of the cockpit. It's kind of like that. And uh, so it, it finished. 
I took it out last week and I flew it and it has flown. So it's a, a proven airplane. But Expand upon the flying, please. Well, okay. So it needs more work. There, I'll give you the quick <laughs> version of the story. I got it up in the air and I got it back down. No damage. So this is a three-channel airplane, rudder, elevator, throttle. And it, while it has the spoilers in the wings, I didn't bother hooking those up. I just taped everything over. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. See, I need you to tell me you did like the right flyers. Did you measure the, the takeoff and landing of the first flight? Because I want to know how it progresses. <laughs> No. Well, what happened? This thing has a lot of dihedral. And so I went to the field. It was a nice day. It was sunny. It was very calm winds. And so I called Mark and he and his girlfriend met me out there. They were going to film it and hand launch it if necessary. But uh, the hand launching was not necessary. Anyway, so we get out there and it's all in pieces. I put the thing together, do the power check. And I broke so many rules that day that I should be punished. The first rule that I broke was when I did the power check and I hadn't done this at home at full throttle, it was getting low voltage cutoff. <laughs> and so I did the whole thing. I had already invested all this time getting out there and I didn't want to go back home. It was the only plane I brought. So I'm like, ah, it'll be fine. I'll just back off the throttle a little bit and no problem. Nah, it'll be fine. And, yeah. And so I had a watt meter on it. I was thinking I was going to go around 700 watts or 800 watts per motor. I was getting just under 500. And so I did the math in my head. I'm like, that's eh, 50 watts per pound. I used to fly with that on uh, Speed 400 planes. It'll be fine. Right? It's basically a glider. So, so first of all, I ignored the throttle problem. And then it's like in all those movies when something bad's about to happen, it's a nice day, and then the strange breeze blows in. Right? That's what happened. <laughs> it was this calm day, and all of a sudden, it just started blowing, and it was changing directions. And so I'd go to do a taxi test or even to take off, and that big dihedral wing with no ailerons, it would just tip it up on the end, and I kept having to change the direction I was trying to take off. And uh, But I kept, I'm like, oh, well, I don't want to point at the clubhouse, so I'll go over here. And I just kept ignoring all the signs that the universe was trying to give me. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I went for it. it and uh, finally after like five attempts I got it pointed into the wind where it would check straight and I was able to jockey the throttle enough where it wasn't cutting the both throttles on takeoff and I got it in the air and then uh, I flew it around and as soon as it got in the air the throttles just started going nuts I'm like oh no this thing's not going to make it around but, wait 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 uh, flew in the air flew in the air. air so you didn't still do a, a straight run see to me in my vision it's it was like the right plane you just flew straight and landed did you oh, actually get altitude and make turns i did one trip around the pattern well okay so that's flew. that's good yeah that's, yeah. that's flying man that's sa okay, rules like right this. went 360 and land uh, there it, you go. It was a lot like those SAE flights. I was gonna, if we keep listening, he may have dropped the payload <laughs> unnecessarily. <laughs> yeah, I All right, keep going. Guys, I put landing gear on it, and uh, I saw it these big four and a half inch Dubro inflatable tires, which was good because they're kind of shock absorbing. And the the biggest music wire I had was five thirty seconds, and if I made gear that was wide enough to be stable, it was bending that five thirty seconds like crazy. So I just had to make it real short and stubby, like a ME one sixty three landing gear, just right up next to the fuselage, which didn't help the stability when the wind would blow. It kept tipping over. But uh, anyway, um, I was able to get to work. I got it in the air, and as soon as it gets in the air, the throttles just start cutting out. I'm like, oh, just nursing that thing around, and then the field behind me or the part of the field behind me has these tall trees so i brought it in 
over the trees and just chopped the throttle and brought it in and, and landed it and it was fine. And then later, as I watched the video, I can see it coming over the trees. The shadow of the airplane is coming right next to these trees. So I was really close to those tall trees coming in and I actually went between some trees that I didn't realize. So <laughs> I, I'm applauding though. To the Congratulations. So, yeah, awesome. So, so it has flown um, and it will fly again. What I've done to it since then, uh, I had 12 ounces of lead in the nose. That little nose cone comes off. And so I hogged that out and uh, put a, a big hunk of lead in there. So what I decided to do since then is a 4S 3200 is about 12 ounces as well. So now instead of two of those batteries, it's got three of them. And I made this crazy contraption that puts those three batteries in parallel and connects them to the two SCs in parallel. Um, Are these ESCs in differential thrust? No. Oh, gosh. No, they're right next to the fuselage anyway. They're not going to have any effect. I'm trying to <laughs> simplify this thing as much as I can. I, I like that, though. Yeah, no, <laughs> it might help with taxi. No th- you can stop <laughs> needling me now. It flew. Does it have LEDs? Does no. it have a smoke machine? <laughs> almost. Does it, does it have it, a Bombay door? It, it almost was its own smoke machine. It needs to drop paratroopers. i am so so happy but i need the video i need the photos i need the video i need them now all right well i'm putting together a video i actually worked on it last night and it goes through basically the overview of the airplane from when i got it and to me doing the lee upgrades and then the first flight and now i want to incorporate the new upgrades i've done and i did put camera mounts on it last night so the next time it flies i'll have cameras so we'll maybe get some in-flight footage, and uh, then we'll close it up with that. But already this video is at like 12 minutes long, so this I is going to be my my epic masterpiece. I sincerely mean this when I say thank you for continuing your efforts and pursuing the flight. I think it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, it, it's interesting. So one last thing. Um, I called the plane plywood overcast for obvious reasons, and I think when I talked about it before, I said the front of the fuselage was plywood 16th inch plywood the basswood doublers and the rear was balsa well i ended up putting the rudder servo in the tail because i didn't have the flex push rod i needed anyway so i go to cut out the fuselage to put the servo in the entire fuselage front to back all sides one eighth inch plywood with basswood doublers wow (laughs) baseball bat yeah (laughs) so that's all I have to say. Well, it flew. That right that, that's the important thing. It, it, flew. it flew. Yeah, it's it got a lot of wing. And at 20 pounds, the wing loading wasn't that bad. I think it's under 30 ounces per square foot now, oh, which for fine. that size airplane, yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's still heavy. It could have been a much lighter airplane. But whatever. Here, here's the takeaway I want I, I want you to have, and I'm sure you've thought about this, but this is, this is how cool I think this is. You have a plane that has been sitting in storage that someone decided to build, and obviously they surrendered or gave up. It had never flown, and you gave it life. And I don't know if, you know, obviously we don't know if the person who built it is still alive, but in spirit of it all, you took something that was a passion for someone because you obviously mentioned it was a lot of detailed work on it. Mm, yeah. And and God forbid we hope the, the gentleman didn't pass away and he just never got to finish it. But you did get to finish it. You got to get it in the air. I think I find that uh, it's a warm fuzzy for me. I'm I'm super excited because I just like to see those odd planes fly, mainly because you make odd planes fly. 
<laughs> that's, that's what you do. And that's that's a tribute. And I think I felt the same way when I saw my dad's plane just in pieces and I rebuilt it and flew it. It's just because I wanted to finish the project. Yeah. Well, thank you, Lee. You didn't say any of that when you were egging me on to f- complete it. Well, because you don't, I don't need to tell you that. I need to yell at you. I need to be drill sergeant. Because <laughs> see, it worked. <laughs> Whatever I did worked. <laughs> I hope you're happy. I am well, very happy. I hope you are too. Because you need to bring that to the flag field when everything opens up. People are going to talk. <laughs> That's going to be the play, man. No, <laughs> we'll see. But uh, if for the future, when you want me to do something, you just got to challenge me. Say you can't make that fly. I dare you. you I double dog dare you. <laughs> so all right so that's plywood overcast more to come video wise and uh, let's see if it survives flight number two all right congratulations yeah. well thank you thank you all right well uh let's uh kind of wrap this thing up i'd ask the nagodas what they have on their workbench but it's top secret apparently huh? <laughs> tell you more <laughs> <laughs> at least can we have like a sneak preview of your next thing uh, privately you guys want us to build one for you yeah do you guys have any requests would you guys like us to build one for you and design one <laughs> yes <laughs> the official RC round table yeah. uh, Lee wants a Cessna 337 yeah yeah I was just thinking that exactly exactly 337 that's what your that's your task Jack we'll have to take a look at I'll that and see what that. you got and I still want to build a Waco glider to go with your C-47. I have one. I was going to say you've got one. You just have to downsize it, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, I think I could use the plans I've got and just adapt them to foam board. I have thought about uh, uh, scaling the C-47 up to a CPEC size with about 100-inch wingspan. Ooh, wow. there you go. Oh, let's see about that. <laughs> the foam overcast. Okay, so that's your mission. You've got the you got the three planes. You need Fitz of Zero, my three three seven, and Terry's Waco. All right, that'll keep you busy. Make, make it so. No, if you're gonna build a plane, I don't want a zero. I got another plane. I can. Anyways, what are you thinking, Fitz? Uh, a Betty. Oh, there you go. There aren't enough Bettys, and then of course enough. you have to build the Oka to drop from it. Yes, a Betty with a little Oka. Look it up, Japanese. G4 M Betty. What's that? Isn't the Betty bomber doesn't have, have four engines? No, just two. Oh, just the two? Which one am I thinking of? Yeah. Japanese had very few four engine bombers. I think some flying boats. Yeah, mostly the flying boats. And I think they had one reconnaissance plane that was a four engine thing, prototype. But yeah. Yeah, there's been a few people who wanted the Betty. Actually, I've, I've seen some just in social media. You can tell there's, a lot of, that's a, there's an interest for that one. It's yeah. sorely undermodeled. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, all right. Well, um, Terry, uh, Steve, and Jack, <laughs> uh, we really appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, you guys do fantastic work, and it was great hearing about your process of doing that because uh, I, I I built like one flight test plane, and I know Terry and Lee. I think they built more. Yeah, two. I know it's a couple uh, more. Uh, Lee's sons have built a bunch too, and it's pretty neat stuff. But I have, I, I'm pretty ignorant in the design and build process. So it was really enlightening to hear what you guys have to go through. Uh, the results are amazing. Uh, hopefully we'll post some pictures on our Facebook and social media stuff to let other people see your, your great design. It's also great that your, a lot of your stuff is open to the community and uh, we can get plans and do it ourselves. Uh, I might try take some of your advice and 
build something out of some of that. Maybe some experimental design just for giggles. I like to do some weird stuff too. Uh, so um, uh, we really enjoy you having joining us. Uh, hopefully, we can't meet you this year, but hopefully, in some uh, sometime in the future, we can all join up and and uh, crash some foam planes all together. <laughs> well, speak for yourself. They're only three hours away from me. Oh yeah, you're you're a local yokel practically. Yeah. I know uh, Edgewater is playing there, like a lot of uh, fun flies, big events at their place. Uh, just because the flight fest is going out, maybe you'll have some giant flight fun fly. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool! Do you think you guys All might right. go to Neat? Where is that? One? Is that the one in Illinois or uh, New York? No, yeah, that's in the mountains of New York. So it's a pretty good haul for you guys. I think it's about five hours for me, so it would be eight hour drive for you guys. Yeah. I'm not sure if we'll do that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you guys got any last words before we shut up for tonight? I'm just, I'm just really thankful you guys yeah. invited us on. I mean, we're just two regular people just having fun with the hobby. I'm glad you guys found us interesting <laughs> to uh, do this. It's a, it's a uh, you don't play yourselves too much. The honor is ours, and you are, you guys are what makes this hobby so great. As I say, if, if anybody wants to look at our stuff, I mean, we're on Instagram there at, at knees13rc, you know, N-I-E-Z-13-R-C, uh, so that's where we have our Instagram page, so. Oh, great. We'll, we'll post some of that information, too, when we go live. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, do you, uh, we look forward to what you have in the cooker for the future. Yeah, we'll let you know. <laughs> All right. Lee, Terry, got any last words? Uh, no, I feel inspired to go build something now. I feel inspired to go finish the stuff that's on my workbench. All right. Well, <laughs> you have a fridge to fix. Get your priorities straight. You know, fix my refrigerator first, yeah. All right. Well, on. Um... Lee, if your son wants to hook up with Jack, let him know. We can hook him up. <laughs> mm-hmm. You bet. <laughs> Only after school hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, let's go to the workshop and build stuff. See you guys later. Bye. 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 Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com, where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts, where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening.